I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not sure about you, but I am always so envious of anybody who is an absolute wizard with a needle and thread. I have all of the best intentions of getting a sewing machine and really getting to making all of my new clothes, but it's really difficult to know exactly where to start. That's why I'm so excited today about the guest that we've got on, who's really going to break it down so that we can all get started with sewing. Maddie is a slow living enthusiast and the founder of The Essentials Club, a website and social media platform that teaches people how to make and mend their own clothes. So thank you so much for coming on the pod today, Maddie. How did you first get into making your own clothes? Is this something that you've always done? Yeah, I feel like I personally got into it during high school. You know, those classic old economic classes. I was in one of those and I think it just really stuck. I was just obsessed. There were, everyone was kind of tuning out and I was just really glued to what was happening and chose to continue that as elective throughout high school. I was allowed to, yeah, do that as a fashion course. So thankfully was able to keep that going. And then after high school, it, like I said, just very obsessed with it, kept it as a side hobby and it was a very self-taught process after high school. I just was curious about something, would give it a go myself or look up stuff online. And it was just, yeah, a matter of each time going through it, being like, oh, this seems to be working or maybe next time I could do this a bit different. And yeah, just a uh, curiosity and creativity. And I guess that then led to yeah, going into it with the creative side of it, then led to then deep, um, diving deeper into the underworld of fashion and then, you know, how much time it goes into making garments and then how to keep those garments and the, I guess I like to call it like a circular wardrobe. How can we keep things in a life cycle where they just keep going and we keep evolving as we evolve or, yeah, I guess that's the the storyline of how it came about. <laughs> no, I think it's really great because it's one of those things I think that at school, I know you get so excited. Like I was making pencil cases when I was younger and I loved it. And it was so great, yeah. even though it would take me literally weeks <laughs> to create a pencil yeah. case. I think it's one of those things that it kind of shows you the background of how much work and effort goes into a garment. So then you have this greater appreciation for the rest of your clothes because you understand the blood, sweat and tears, well, hopefully not sweatshop tears, <laughs> yeah, that exactly. have gone into the actual garment. Exactly. It really did. I feel like I came from a very, I always appreciated my clothes, but definitely going into sewing made me so much more just like, yeah, make, taking care of them and honoring them and knowing that someone had put this together. So going like bringing everything into my wardrobe with intention and then take, making sure to then take care of it so that it's like lifespan can be as long as it possibly can. Definitely. So what's kind of 
For somebody who really wants to get into starting to kind of sew their clothes and I don't know, start mending and things like that, where would you recommend that the basic beginner, I am the basic beginner, where should I begin? Because I feel like I've got all of these really ambitious plans of like making a terry toweling robe that I think would be really cool. (laughs) But also I know that I'm probably going to fail. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's, we can always go in with the big grand ideas, but it's definitely good to start at the bite sized pieces and not overwhelm ourselves and then not ever actually continue with it. So, I guess it depends on your access to a sewing machine. If you don't have access to one, I'd recommend reaching out to someone. Say if you know in your community, if someone has one that you can borrow or even go hang out with them and ask them to kind of like, yeah, set up the machine, do little practice sewing lines. That's just very basic initial stages of just getting your head around how it works. I know there are potential fabric shops and craft places that you might be able to look at in your local area that you can physically attend. They're always great. I know personally, I loved the aspect of learning in school and having someone there to, you know, when the machine jams or when something goes wrong, just be like, help, what's going on? Um, But then I guess if you don't have access to things like that around you, there's also the online world, which is so great these days is, you know, TikTok, social, um, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. If you have a particular thing that you would like to learn, looking at yeah I guess finding who presents in the style that you connect with and just diving deep into their channels and seeing what they can share and then from there once you've got your basic you know the head around your head around how it all works then I would recommend like you mentioned like starting on things like pencil cases and little fun accessories and I think that will help you get your head around just how things come together the basics of cutting sewing just assembling it and then as well at least with an accessory you're not having to worry about it fitting your body and then getting annoyed with maybe it's not sitting well it's just the very very basics and then once you've you know ticked that off you're feeling confident there then you could probably jump into making simple garments I feel like that is yeah the good little intro level into that and then that will open up a whole new world to you and I think like I mentioned before each thing that you make will then just spark a curiosity for the next thing that you would like to tick off. So I feel like that's a good little you know, list that you could tick off and start to get into that world. So little baby steps. Now I really like it. And I think I might've seen somewhere that there was somewhere that you could go and it was almost like a sewing library. I need to find out where in Australia it was. And it had all of these different sewing machines set up. So you could literally then go and just rent them for like an hour or two because they are an upfront investment. And if you're somebody who's not really sure if they're going to fall in love with sewing, but you want to give it a try, it's such a great option to be able to rent a machine for a little exactly. bit. Oh my God. You have to send me that. Cause that sounds so good. <laughs> then you'll be kind of using two machines at once and just like going for gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the other things that I think when it comes to starting to get into sewing that actually I also find really daunting is choosing the right fabrics. Mm-hmm. Because I think that from my understanding, there's a lot more that goes into it than just kind of picking a pretty print. What are the types of like materials that people should be looking out for or kind of how do you go about sourcing sustainable fabrics? Yes. So this is very late. I feel like sometimes I get a bit not everyone's, but yeah, there's so many different factors and it depends on your lifestyle, like the climate where you live, therefore then the types of fibers and woven styles or ethics as well. Say if you want to just stay natural or yeah, aligning with your values and whatnot. But I would say if you're just starting out, the most 
basic one to start with is just a simple, I think it's like a poplin woven material. Ideally, like a cotton is accessible for price range as well because you don't want to be buying something that's probably overly expensive and maybe not making the perfect first garment. So yeah, woven materials definitely seem to be just easy on the machine, nice to cut, will generally sit nicely as well. So I would recommend that as a starting point. And again, then each thing that you find or you come across will again, spark curiosity and challenge yourself each step that you move forward. And it as well, like if you are upcycling stuff, you might be limited to just what you're finding as well. You might want to go into into the search with a certain type of fiber or fabric in mind but yeah so that would probably be my recommendation no I think it's great and I remember when mum was really into sewing she'd also just kind of go to the local store and get all of the random off cuts because she was a perfectionist and she was like even though I not know it's not the exact perfect fabric at least I can start kind of like trying out the cuts and like trying out the stitches as well so to have, have that almost like when you're painting just like a dud piece that you can try things out on I think is great yeah. because then it also reduces your waste that's such a good idea and I think as well everyone's gonna eventually have their personal preference and it depends on the type of machine that you have and you know I've spoken to people who yeah love a certain type of material and I'm not particularly drawn to that so yeah it's so great to maybe find some sample sizes test out your machine your ability and what you're drawn to ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, yeah, love that. No, it is great. And I really love all of the resources that you've also got up on your website as well, because a lot of the clothing and the patterns that you've put up are quite loose in the sense that it means that when it can kind of fit a lot of different sizes and a lot of, like, if you do cut it a little bit too small or a little bit too big, it's not going to be the end of the world when you're making a really kind of fitted top For example, Mm -hmm. if you do kind of mess up when you're first starting out, you can really notice it. But I feel like with the loose like camis that you've got on the website and things like that, there is margin for error there, which I think is really great and super accessible for people. Yeah, I agree. That's was my intention behind a lot of those styles, especially like before when I was saying when you do start to jump into making your first garments, going for something that has either an elastic waist or elasticized style, it means it can form and fit your body. Or if you're going something that is a bit of a looser, maybe gathered tears or yeah, a bit more oversized and has the ability to then kind of hide the minor mistakes that you might make along the way. And also even as your body fluctuates, that's very natural in life to, we're meant to fit our clothes. Our clothes aren't meant to fit us. So working around that as well. No, I think it's great. And I think another thing is when you do make something and if it has a minor imperfection, don't be that person that points it out. Like I've got friends who make their own clothes and as soon as I comment, I'm like, I really love that jumpsuit. They're like, oh yeah, but I messed up the sleeve here. I did the, and I'm like, don't tell me. I didn't notice any of this, but you notice it obviously, but don't tell me. Yes, that's actually so true. I, I feel like I have started to, yeah, catch myself on doing that because 
we stare at it for so long so we're going to know those minor imperfections that are popping up but to the average eye or someone that's seeing it for the first time they're like wow that's amazing and are you just going to stunt that compliment by pointing that out (laughs) exactly we're so it's so easy for us just to be modest about it and to always point out these flaws, but I feel like we should embrace the fact that you made that piece of clothing and somebody's complimenting you on it. So just take the compliment and don't put yourself down at all. So I'm finding, I'm not sure, you're obviously very in this industry and I'm not, but I guess we could call it the sewing industry. Do you find there's a really big secondhand market? Like, is it really easy to access secondhand machines and secondhand scissors and I don't know, are people selling their kind of reams of fabric that they haven't used for different projects? Or do you find that it's about investing in new, but investing in quality that goes the distance? I personally find that is quite a massive overflow in secondhand stuff available. I think, as you mentioned earlier, it is something that maybe people delve into as a hobby and then might not get the time that they were hoping to. So then go sell it secondhand. Or I find a lot of fellow creatives do have stuff that they yeah, might just have too many of and then they sell secondhand or there's even amazing dedicated secondhand stores that do work on yeah, scrap fabrics and tools to help with your sewing kit. So whether you're following individual pages and seeing their overflow of resells or going on marketplace or finding dedicated physical spots in your local area yeah there's plenty available secondhand which is so amazing because that does help people then enter into that world making it normally I guess a cheaper price point as well yes definitely keep an eye out where you can great so that's Facebook marketplace when you say marketplace to keep an eye on in your local area Mm mm-hmm That's great. And there is also, I'm aware in Sydney, and I think it is in Brisbane of some um, stores that you mentioned, some of those overflow stores. So I'll also put links in the show notes as well. So people can kind of look at the ones in their local area that they can actually access as well, because it is that tricky thing when you are making a garment. Sometimes the fabric is so expensive. You're like, well, I could buy this for say like $50 this dress or something like that. I know that it's all about the love and all about kind of making it the way that you want it to feel and sit and everything like that. But when it does come to access, it can be sometimes also quite cost prohibitive. So it's great just to make it easier for everybody to kind of be able to, yeah, have a go. Also, I wanted to just talk a little bit about mending because I feel like I've got an amazing friend who lives around the corner who has a sewing machine and she's far better at sewing than me. So she's great for me to kind of be like, this strap's broken. Can you please like reattach it? Or I don't know, this needs to be hemmed and do things like that. But I just wanted to know as well, like what are some of the essentials that people should have at home if they're looking to kind of do their mending? They don't have access to a sewing machine. What do you think that people should have in their own home sewing kit? Yeah, that's, I mean, I guess the basic for that would be a hand sewing needle and some thread buttons are always falling off. So great to be able to replace them. But at the end of the day, it's, having a bit of scrap fabric and potentially a hand sewing needle can help mend so many holes or like you mentioned, if there's straps coming loose and you know how to find the point where the seam is, you can just grab a hand sewing needle and thread and then repair that existing sewing line that's there. So that is going to yeah be able to help with so many repairs and the basic minimum that you would need. I'm that person that every time, I don't know when you buy kind of a brand new piece of clothing, they'll give you a spare button. 
And mm-hmm. there's no way that you're actually going to ever use it for that piece of clothing. I don't know why, but every time that that button does fall off, you can never find <laughs> the right button again. But I do love to keep a little jar that's got all of these random buttons in it. And every time I go to a hotel, if they've got kind of the sewing kits or anything like mm-hmm. that, I'm the person that takes that home. I'll leave all of the plastic bottles of shampoo <laughs> and conditioner, but I will be taking that sewing kit home yeah. because you just never know when you're going to need it. That's so true. I have an overflowing pile of buttons and it does come in handy. And I think I I was going to, yeah, just thinking about what you needed as the bare minimum. It's really not that much. I was kind of expecting there to be more, but if you have a needle and thread, which if you find generally are in those little mini kits, that's will help in so many occasions. Exactly. And I think there's so many amazing kind of YouTube channels and Pinterest and kind of websites like yours that really break down mending and even a simple stitch. It's not about like if like you can really go to town and I don't know if you've got a hole in your socks, you can make it into a flower or a love heart or a bumblebee. I'm not at that level. (laughs) I just want to make sure that the hole is like tied up and it will stay tied up. But I think there are so many kind of easy ways to make those small stitches and those small changes that aren't going to actually take you that much time. They'll probably take you less time than going online to buy and replace that piece of clothing or that sock or what have you. And it does make such a significant difference. I even find with hand stitching as well, you can conceal it in a way that a lot of the times it looks much more minimal than if you did use a sewing machine finishing line. So that's great. Yeah, there's, like you said, many different resources out there that show the varying styles of stitching. And I think that'll just open up a whole new world of simple ways you can do it. And you could be, yeah, on your commute to work or hanging around at home listening to a podcast or doing something. So it's something you can multitask with as well, which is always great. No, it is great. And I think it's it's just one of those things I feel like with sustainability, it's so often going backwards, not going forwards. It's not about innovation. It's not about like all of this new technology. It's like, okay, if my grandma had something that had a hole in it, there would be no way that she would just be throwing that out or getting rid of it. It would be mending it. It would be getting out that stain. If that stain couldn't be got, if she couldn't get that stain out, it would be dyeing that piece into something else to extend its lifespan. So I think that's also something that I don't know. Do you have much experience in dyeing clothes? It's something I think I've mainly just done as a bit of a crafty style, but there are a few pieces that I have in a a growing pile that I want to give new life to. And I, same thing, there's one that has a stain. There's one that I found I just haven't worn because of the aesthetic of it. And both of them I'm planning on dyeing for those purposes that just to renew them. And yeah, the good thing about I'm still new in that world personally, but I'm excited to explore how the different fibers catch the dye and then also, yeah, trying to make it one clean, one color or whether it does turn out in like a nice fun pattern. So I'll be posting about that when I do get to that and sharing my tips. So (laughs) we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. That's for sure. So I've just got one last question for you, Maddie, and that is what is one actionable thing that our guests can do tomorrow to help save our planet? My biggest tip, like you just mentioned before, there's all these new things. It's always about buying into sustainability. Just use what you have. Try give new life to what you have. Try and keep the circular fashion or wardrobe or whatever you would like to call it alive and make sure that you are aligning with your body, your style, and you know, try and keep your blinkers up and stay aligned with your true self. And that is the way that you can be sustainable and keep things for life. 
No, I think that is so great. And it just, it's such a perfect way to end this episode as well, because I feel like we've spoken a lot about refreshing, reviving, and also just working within our means. So I think that it is some great advice for everybody. And I will put a link to both your website and your social media as well in the show notes. So as well as all of those resources, I've got a lot of research to do after this (laughs) because I've said, I'll add this, I'll add this, I'll add this. But I will definitely, those are the easy ones to add in so that people can have a look at your site and they can make bucket hats or they can make the like little floaty camis or I don't know, jumpsuits off your um, channel as well, which I think is great. And they're really fun and they also won't date or won't age. They're just, I think, those classic pieces. So thank you so much for coming on the pod and sharing all of your wisdom. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to check out all those resources when you add them in. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 